Good morning, What's Bar. Oh, you sound great. It is so good to see you. For those of you who do not know, my name is Chris. I am the older, much better looking brother of Kelly and Casey. And uh, wow, it's, it's so different for me to be at What's Bar and not have Kelly and Casey here now. But, but let, me, let me just say something while they're absent. And it's something I really do mean. And, uh, you know, for 30-some-odd years, I've traveled around the U.S. and been in a lot of churches, a lot of churches. And I love the Church of Jesus, love it. And I get to see a lot of pastors, get to hear a lot of pastors speak, get to see a lot of teams, get to be around a lot of teams. I want Watts Bar to know you are so blessed with the team that you have, Pastor Kelly, Denise, Pastor Casey, Tiffany, Pastor Ben, Amanda, Pastor Austin, Bree, Pastor Bobby, Kelsey. They are amazing. I think most of those team members just left the stage or they're out of this room. But I want you to do something because they're going to be entering back in. I want you to give them a round of applause to express appreciation. But I've got to give a heads up before you give applause. Because when I do this at some churches, they give a polite golf clap. That's not what this is about. You, you've missed it if you go for the golf clap. I'm looking for one of those Tennessee claps when your team won 66 to 24 last night. I mean, when you were going crazy, when they stuffed it, you, you didn't care what, what the announcer said when he said they should do the victory, they, they should do the victory uh, formation. You were glad when that guy punched it in one more time and you cheered one more time. I want you to give your team a big round of applause for the way they love you and serve you and love Jesus. I, I listen to the podcast. I watch the YouTube channel when I'm not here because we travel quite a bit. I also want you to know when it comes to giving, I give here. I went online this morning and gave my tithe this morning online. Uh, so I love this church and I love what God is doing here. Let's jump into God's word. If you've got your Bible or you've got those notes, flip to Romans chapter 12. Verse number two, I'm going to get to talk about one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite subjects in all, all the world. I want to talk about transformation. I want to talk about change, particularly as it relates to the space between your ears. How many of you know the biggest battle you will ever fight is the battle you fight right here? And for years, I struggled with a variety of issues right here. Insecurity, anxiety, depression, right here. I'm not alone when I mention that. More than 40 million Americans ages 18 and older struggle with some kind of anxiety disorder. In fact, anxiety is the most common mental health condition in the U.S., on top of that, there was a recent survey done by Stress in America. They do this survey every year. They've been doing it since 2007. They did it again in March, and it revealed this. Stress levels are higher right now than they've ever been since they started doing the survey. And they looked at why. What's creating this intense anxiety, this intense stress? Here's what they came up with. Worry about rising gas prices, the cost of groceries. 
supply chain issues, looming recession, all of those are anxiety triggers. Then there's the constant feed on your social media platforms. Hey, if you are spending unlimited time on social media, you just need to know you've got basically a main line in the negativity. And it's affecting what goes on right here. Add to that crises like the rising crime rate, Russia's invasion in the Ukraine. All of these are having a major impact on anxiety. So I want to ask a question, but I'm not asking for a raising of the hands on this one. Anybody here struggling with anxiety this morning? Anybody here struggling with stress? How about this one? What about depression? David Murray, in his excellent book, Christians Get Depressed Too, writes that one out of every five Americans struggle with some level of depression. One out of every five are struggling with depression. On top of that, one in five Americans struggle with some form of mental illness. One in 25 with serious forms of mental illness. And some of you are thinking right now, oh, oh, oh. That's just a middle-aged to senior kind of issue. Do you know when chronic mental illness is often diagnosed as beginning? Half of it begins at the age of 14. And over three-quarters of it by the age of 24. Again, I'll ask, no show of hands on this one. Anybody here suffering from depression? Third, how about discouragement? Anybody here just felt like giving up, throwing in the towel... Anytime recently, survey was done of American pastors in March of this year, 42% said that that week they had considered throwing the towel in, giving up, walking away, resigning from full-time ministry. 42%. Now, why am I mentioning anxiety, stress, depression, discouragement? Because Romans chapter 12 verse 2 contains a breakthrough key for transformation in those areas. Here's what I love about Romans 12 too. It's one of my favorite passages. For 11 chapters, Paul has been unpacking these massive spiritual theological truths. For 11 chapters, he's been telling us about what Jesus did for us. When he gets to Romans 12, all of a sudden, he shifts his focus, and it's almost like he says this, okay, because of what Jesus did for us, how are you going to respond? This is what I want to suggest, and he begins with verse 1. I'm going to skip verse 1 right now and go to verse 2 because it deals with all that I just mentioned. Here's what Romans 12 verse 2 says. It'll come up on the screen. And look at it because I'm going to ask you to say it with me. You ready? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to go Presbyterian for just a moment. I want us to do a responsive reading all together. You ready to go there? You ready to go there? Now, you need to know me. Here's, here's how I approach these kinds of reading alouds together. If we do it with a lot of vigor, we might only do it once. But if it takes us a while to get it, we'll do it until we get it right. So you ready to knock it out of the park? You ready? Okay, here we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your That was a B plus if I ever heard it. I think you've got an A in you. You ready? One more time. And we do this for memorization, by the way. You ready? 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the NIV. Here's the NLT. It reads like this. If you'll switch. Yeah. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I love this. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Here's my title this morning. It's really simple. Change your mind, change your life. Change your mind, change your life. Any old school rock and roll fans here? Sister Hazel? If you want to be somebody else. If you're tired of fighting battles with yourself. If you want to be somebody else, change your mind. I can't sing it. Change your mind. Change your life. Four steps. If you're struggling with anxiety, depression, discouragement, what do you do? Here's step number one. Surrender your life. Now, we just read Romans 12, verse 2, but before Romans 12, 2 is Romans 12, verse what? 1. And here's how verse 1 begins. And this is, this is terrific because, again, for 11 chapters, Paul has unpacked this massive theology. In fact, he gets to the end of chapter 11, and he says, Who can understand, fathom the mind, the mystery, the awesomeness of God? There's this amazing dexology that occurs at the end of chapter 11. But he goes into chapter 12, and I love the way it reads in the message. It reads like this, Romans 12 Verse number one, so here's what I want you to do. God's so helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and do what? Place it before God as an offering. Boy, this is beautiful. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. What is Paul challenging us to do in Romans 12, verse one? He's saying surrender. He's saying, get to that place in your life where you look at God and you say, okay, I can't. You never said I could. You can. You always said you would. So I surrender. I lay my life on your altar. Going back to what Ben challenged us to do just a few minutes ago. I lay my life on your altar altar. I give myself to you. My wife's favorite passage, she had to leave. She has an appointment this afternoon in Chattanooga she had to get to. But Psalm 119, 175 is her favorite verse. It reads like this, let me live that I may praise you. And that's what Paul is challenging us to do in Romans 12, verse 1. He's saying, if you really want to change your mind, if you really want to change your life, if you really want to retrain your brain, it begins with surrender. Get to this place where you just say, okay, God, I give it all to you. Here's step number two. We're moving fast this morning. Step number two, focus on changing what you believe, not just how you behave. Oh, leave that one up there for just a moment. We've got to deal with that because I was raised like many of you were raised. If you grew up in East Tennessee, you were likely raised in one of two denominations. Now, there are some others. I know that. But if you grew up in East Tennessee, you're either Southern Baptist or Pentecostal. It's one of the two. And both, both focused on externals. I mean, in our church, the church I was raised in, the basic rule, the basic premise of life was this. 
if it's fun, if it looks like it might be fun, if it could possibly be fun, it's sin. Avoid it. I mean, we had sayings like this. We don't smoke, drink, cuss, chew, or run around with girls who do. I mean, we are holy. And how many of you have approached change, attempts at change like that? I just need to change my behavior. If I can change things on the outside of me, it'll change everything inside of me. And a lot of us go through life thinking this. If my boss wasn't so demanding, if my spouse would just get their act together, if my kids weren't driving me insane, if the pastor would just go deeper, if the church was just more spiritual, if I had a better house in a better neighborhood, if I had a better car with a better insurance policy, if I could just win the lottery, if I could move to another town, if I went to another church, if, 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 Failing to understand this principle, wherever you go, there you are. There are times when environment changes are important. But let me just say, changing your mind is always essential. That's why Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. You be transformed by, by working right here, renewing your mind. Don't adopt NLT, the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. Question for you. Have you, have you ever thought about what you think about? And, and I'm being very serious. Have you ever thought about what you think about? What do you think about? I, I'm not asking you to answer out loud right now, but I'm asking you to answer what do you think about what consumes your attention? Better yet, what do you believe? What do you believe about yourself? So many of us have amassed all kinds of limiting belief systems about who we are, about what we can do, about what is actually possible in life. And that limiting belief system continues to hold us down. Better yet, what do you believe about God? What, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about the gospel? See, I meet a lot of Christians who, quote, believe the gospel, but they don't really believe the gospel. Because I'm convinced of this. When we fundamentally believe the gospel, I mean, when we banked everything on the gospel, it changes everything. And this is the crux of the gospel. I'm going to give you the crux in a couple of sentences. They're about to come on the screen. And guys, I, I am so riveted on this. The moment we really believe this, it changes everything about us. Here, here's, here's the crux of the gospel. Bring up the next slide if you would. When we trust Jesus, everything true of Jesus immediately becomes true of us. His life, death, burial, resurrection, and victory immediately becomes ours. Whew. You don't get it. If, if you got it, you would go old school Pentecostal like the church I was raised in. I mean, you, you would be jumping up and down. You, you couldn't contain yourself because that truth is the crux of the gospel. Get this. When we trust Jesus, the moment we really trust Jesus, everything true about him, I'm talking about his righteousness. 
I'm talking about his power. I'm talking about his authority. I'm talking about his identity. Much loved son of God. Delighted the father's heart. When we trust Jesus, everything true of Jesus immediately becomes true of us. His life, death, burial, resurrection, his victory, it becomes ours. Martin Luther, the great reformationist, he called this the great exchange. On the cross, Jesus did the unthinkable. He became our substitute. He was made to be the worst of what we are so we could become the best of what he is. He never sinned, but on the cross, he was made to be sin so we could be made to be God's righteousness in Christ. On the cross, he exchanged his perfection for our imperfection. He exchanged his obedience for our disobedience, his intimacy with the Father for our distance from the Father. He exchanged his blessing for our curse, his life for our death. When we trust him, he takes our sin, bestows upon us his holiness. He died so that you and I could really live. When we trust Jesus, everything true of him becomes true of us. Do you really believe that? Because when you do, it changes everything. That's why I say, change your belief instead of working on changing your behavior. Because when you change what you really believe, it ends up affecting your behavior. Third, third and fourth are going to be closely related. And I want you to hang with me because the crux of everything we're going to talk about is down to these two issues. Third, third step changing your mind, changing your life. Flip the script, change your self-talk. If you have checked out the first 10 minutes, check in right now. This has the power to transform your life. Here's what the research indicates. Human beings speak at a rate of about 150 to 200 words a minute. That's about 200 and some odd thousand words per day. The human brain can listen at a rate of five to 600 words per minute or about three times faster than a person can speak. That's why right now while I'm speaking, you're having a simultaneous conversation with yourself. You're thinking about what I'm saying, but you're also thinking about, do I really agree with what he's saying? I'm not sure I do. And you're also maybe writing your grocery list inside your mind even while I'm talking all at the same time. It's not clear how many thoughts a human being has a day. Authors differ. I've read all kinds of reports. I'll go with one author. He says the average human has somewhere between 60,000 and 120,000 thoughts a day. Think about that for a moment. On top of that, here's what the research indicates. Our internal dialogue, these are the conversations that take place in our head constantly. They take rate at a much faster pace. They take place, somebody clocks them, at a rate of about 4,000 words per minute or as many as 20 times faster than verbal speech. Now, all of that would be great if what we said to ourselves was positive, uplifting, motivating, God's word-centered, encouraging. It's not. It's the exact opposite. Here's what one doctor said writing for Psychology Today. They wrote, 80% of our thoughts are self-critical and negative. I've got to say that again. 80% of our thoughts are self-critical and negative, and 95% are exactly the same negative, repetitive thoughts as the day before. Furthermore, they say that because our thoughts are subconscious or unconscious, 
Most of us don't think about what we think about. We're just on autopilot. And here's what happens. Every time we have a thought, it creates what scientists call a neural pathway or a superhighway in our brain. Here's the other issue. The more we entertain that thought, the larger, the stronger, the wider, the bigger that neural pathway becomes. Track with me for just a moment. How many of you have had any of these thoughts in the last 24? I just can't do this. I am so stinking tired. My marriage is falling apart. My, my kids are a disaster. I feel completely overwhelmed by this. I'm out of my league. I'll never have enough money. We're in a recession. If it was tough two years ago, it's going to be impossible now. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. I'm an inferior. I'm going to die of a heart attack. My dad died of a heart attack. I'll probably die of a heart attack. I'm going to contract cancer. My mom died of cancer. I'll probably die of cancer. Exercise is hard. I'll never get in shape. Eating healthy is too confusing. I'll never be able to eat right. I'll never be accepted, loved, wanted. I'm not good enough, smart enough, strong enough. I'm not, I'm not enough. Anybody had any of those thoughts lately? Track with me. Self-talk of those thoughts forms what we call beliefs or belief systems. Beliefs, if entertained long enough, become strongholds. Here's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is an entrenched pattern of thinking or behavior that we've started to believe can't change. But if strongholds are built by believing one lie at a time, can I say to you, strongholds can be destroyed by believing God's word one truth at a time. Now, Solomon understood this years and years and years ago. This is why the wise man said, the original wise guy said this, Proverbs 23, verse 7. He said, for as a man thinketh in his heart. Anybody able to finish it? So what? So is he. So have you thought about what you're thinking about? Here's what's so cool about our thought life. For years, scientists believe that the brain doesn't change. But in the last two decades, there's been amazing research into something called neuroplasticity. And here's what neuroplasticity tells us. Brains, the human brain, is very capable of change. That's why anybody met a stroke victim? A stroke victim who immediately after the stroke lost significant functions either in their speech or in their physical abilities, but through therapy learned to speak again, learned to move those parts of their body again. Anybody seen that? Scientists say it's because of neuroplasticity, because by believing different thoughts, we actually create new pathways in the brain that teaches us, oh my gosh, are you telling me God's word understood this? Romans 12, 2, that we can change the way we live by changing the way we think. God knew this 2,000 years ago, and scientists are just discovering it. We can change our mind by change. We can change our by changing our mind. And people of God said, what? Amen. 
2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. It'll come on the screen. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And say the next part out loud and together with me. I think it's in yellow. We take captive every thought. Whoa, 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 whoa. 60 to 120,000 thoughts a day, 80% negative, 95% repetitive. And yet Paul says to the spirit working in us, we don't just consume those thoughts and agree with them haphazardly, but because the spirit is working in us, we take captive every thought. And to some of them we say, "Uh uh-oh, not here, not now. Let me bring you to item number four. Here's step number four. Meditate on God's word. Declare it over your life. Now, a lot has been written about meditation. And it freaks some people out. They think of it as some new age practice whereby we empty our mind, open it up to the universe. That's not biblical meditation. Let me give you a picture of biblical meditation. Joshua has just been given the reins of leadership to Israel by his mentor, Moses. He's got to lead three million people. He's watched how difficult leadership is. He's feeling anxious. He's feeling afraid. He's stressed out. Maybe he's discouraged because his mentor has just walked off into wherever. We don't know. God shows up, speaks to Joshua. This is what God says to Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 8. Study, Josh, study this book of instruction. That's the word of God continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. To confront his anxiety, God said, I've got a prescription for you. It involves this. Read my word. Study my word. Meditate on it. Every day of my life begins the same. Every day. I'm very much a person who loves routine. I very much love routine. I love routine so much that I'm weird about routine. I mean, for instance, when I am home, I eat the same thing every day for every meal. Like that kind of routine. I like it. It makes me feel, for some reason, it makes me feel good to know I'm doing this right now. I don't have to think about it. Every morning of my life begins the same. Roll out of bed, get up, walk into the living room, lay my computer down, put on the coffee. After the coffee feels, I sit down and I open up the word of God. I read God's word every day, not because I'm spiritual. By the way, I read it every day not because I'm spiritual. I read it every day because I'm so stinking desperate. I read God's word before I look at a social media feed. I read God's word before I open up any kind of news program, whether it's on the computer, whether it's on my iPhone, whether it's on the news. Why? I don't want anybody setting the tone for my day before my father sets the tone for the day. And after I read God's word, remember I told you I had struggled with severe anxiety, severe depression. Many, many years ago, 
I came up with a series of declarations that I just speak over myself. And every one of these declarations are born out of the word of God. Now, by the way, I'm going to give you a sample of some of them. And I want you to know, some of you are going to say, oh, he's memorized all of those. He's just got a smart memory. No, I want to tell you how I memorize things. You, You know how I memorize things? By saying them hundreds of times. If you read something hundreds of times, you will memorize it. So I never want somebody to say to me, oh, your memory, your memory, your memory, your memory. No, no, no. It's my reading, my reading, my reading, my reading, my recitation, my recitation. I look at a paper, I look at a paper, and when you look at it day in and day out, it finally gets past here to right here. But because I know what a war I fight right here, after I read God's word, Usually I write what I read. I just write out whatever God speaks to me out of that passage that I'm reading. And then I say something like this. Father, I want to thank you. That your word is true. And I want to thank you for what your word says about me. That I am a dearly loved child of God. I was loved, accepted, and chosen by you before you created the world. I want to thank you that my father delights in me. I want to thank you that I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new person. The old is gone. The new has come. You're the God who makes everything new. And because of that, I am a new man with a new attitude, a new outlook, a new marriage, a new family, a new life. That is who I am. It's who you say I am. I even speak declarations about my marriage. I'll just give you a little glimpses. I'm a devoted and sacrificially loving husband. And then I quote Ephesians 5, about 21 through 28. Or I'll go on to speak about my children. I'm a good dad and granddad. And I'll say something like, I love, laugh, play, have fun with, enjoy my children and my grandchildren. I provide an example that they can follow. I do not exasperate them by coming down hard on them. Ephesians 6, verse 3 and 4. Instead, I take them by the hand and gently lead them in the way of the master. When Jesus calls me home, my children will say with confidence, Dad loved Jesus well. He loved Mama well. He loved us really well. I'm a good friend good friend loves at all times and I speak things about my relationships I want to thank you God that I'm a man created on purpose for a purpose I am your masterpiece created in Christ Jesus Ephesians 2 verse number 10 to do the good works that you planned and prepared for me a long time ago that's who I am oh oh, I want to thank you that I am resilient No weapon that is fashioned against me will succeed. Every voice raised to accuse me will be silenced. This is my heritage as a servant of God. I will lovingly persevere in the face of criticism, developing tough skin while maintaining a heart that is soft and tender toward you. And oh, by the way, Father, I want to thank you that I'm an overcomer because your word says I'm born of God and overcome this world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. At the end of the day, Father, I overcome. I am more than a conqueror in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me because of that I will not go silently I will stand defiantly against the evil one every demon this world cultural pressure conventional wisdom my own flesh and every critic pointing faithfully to my redeemer and the source of my strength anybody feel like you're getting pumped up right now that's why I speak the word of God over myself then I say things like this I want to thank you that I have the mind of Christ And sometimes there's this road I run in Cell Creek called Providence Road. 
And when I'm running that road, sometimes I do my declarations while I'm exercising. There's this peak that overlooks all of, I mean, you can see, you can see the Watts bar on a clear day. You can see the little pillars up there on the Watts bar nuclear plant. You can look down and see them at the Sequoia. You can see them all from this peak. You can see mountains and hills. And I look over that and I've done it some mornings. I've said, I want to thank you that I have the mind of Christ. The same mind that spoke all of this into being. The same mind that put all of that into place. The same mind that imagined the stars, the galaxies, the universe. I have the mind of Christ. That's why I will fix my mind. And I will focus my thoughts, Philippians 4, 8, on things that are true, lovely, honorable, right, pure, admirable, things to praise, not things to curse, things, things that are beautiful, not things that are ugly. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, I will fix my thoughts on these things. Then I speak over my health. I say things like this. I want to thank you that I am healthy. I am fit, I'm strong, I'm in the best shape of my life. I say that every day. I am healthy, I'm fit, I'm strong, I am in the best shape of my life. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed by the word of God, I am hope. I will honor Jesus with the spirit, soul, mind, and body he has given me by eating things that fuel me for excellence, by exercising to gain strength, increase flexibility, mobility, and endurance, and by resting in a way that reveals my deep trust and faith in God. Why are you doing that, Chris? Because I need it. Then I say things like this. Instead of speaking about my lack, I say Psalm 112, verse number three. I want to thank you that I am wealthy and generous. My home overflows with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Since I'm starting a new business, I say things like this. I am a wise builder. Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities. This is Proverbs 24, verse three. And through their intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. I want to thank you, God, that I am more than blessed because Psalm 115, verse 14 and 15, 15 says, God himself will fill you with more. Blessings upon blessings will be heaped upon you and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth, the very God who made you. Oh, and I want to thank you, God, that I'm I'm successful because scripture says, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. So shall your plans be established and succeed. By the way, Father, I want to thank you that I am focused and I am a finisher. But I focus on this one thing, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God has called me heavenward. And oh, Father, I want to thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, I want to thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, Father, I got to thank you again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, let me tell you about that word meditate. The word meditate means to mutter or to murmur under your breath, to growl and declare. So I told you, sometimes I do my declarations while I'm exercising. So when I get to a verse like that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes it's said with attitude. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes it's said with an imminent beat going on behind my head. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, sucker. I can do it. I know I can. I mean, I get myself pumped up because you see, what am I angry at? I'm angry at the gap between who I am and who I know God made me to be. So I get angry knowing that God can make up the gap. God can make up the distance. And I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you need to know this. The word meditate also means this. 
to imagine, think about, envision, talk to yourself, <laughs> and even sing the truth to yourself. A few days ago, I'm running on Black Oak Ridge Road, and uh, nobody's around at this time of day. Nobody's around. And I'm so excited, somehow I get off on my declarations, and because nobody's around, I've shut the music off on my earbuds, and I'm just jogging. And I mean, I'm putting in, it's my best mile of the six-mile jog I was doing that day. I am hitting it on all cylinders, and I'm just singing out loud to myself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm, I think I had a different beat because it was a faster beat, but I'll, I'll adopt that right now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, 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 me. I mean, I got the laughing at myself. I was having so much fun speaking God's word. You say, Chris, why? Because I'm convinced of this. A two-year battle with depression. A near collapse with anxiety and panic attacks. I thank the doctors who treated me. Without their help, I might not have survived the panic attacks. God used them. But once they got me to a state of equilibrium... The word of God has become my lifeline. Let me, let me show you how this works. Ben, come on up here and help me. Here's what all of us too often do. This glass container is going to represent our mind. Now, we don't have time to do it this morning. There's a big difference between your brain and your mind. Your brain's the muscle. Your mind is that spiritual part of you. That you have the ability to control. You have the ability to take every thought captive. Your mind. Stronger than your brain. Your brain is a gift from God. Amazingly complex. But your mind. This is going to represent that. These ping pong balls. Are going to represent the various thoughts that we have throughout the day. Now I wish I had capability of bringing 60,000 with me. I think I've only got 36. So. We'll run out, but remember, 60 to 120,000 thoughts. Ben, every time I speak a negative thought, you drop one in the mind, okay? How do we deal? Uh, how do we deal with all that comes after us, all that's going on around us? Remember, 80% of our thoughts, Ben, are negative. 95% are repetitive. Thoughts like, I'm unlovable. I, I'm, I'm unworthy. I'm so stinking helpless. I can't change. I've never been able to change. I never will be able to change. I'm an addict. I'm afraid. I'm alone. I'm an orphan. I'm betrayed. I'm bitter. I'm broken. I'm cynical. I'm damaged. I'm defeated. I'm depressed. I'm divorced. I'm forgotten. I'm a hypocrite. I'm immature, <laughs> insecure, invisible. Irrelevant, lonely, lost, overlooked, poor, rejected, stupid, terrified, ugly. And it goes on and on and on. Remember, we only had 36. Question is, what do we do with all of these thoughts? 
Here's why I'm big on meditating on God's word and speaking God's word. Uh, U.S. Uh, Sports Illustrated said that the world's leading brain trainer was a guy named Trevor Moawad. I said was because Trevor just died two years ago with cancer. Really smart dude. Died at about 50 years of age. Trevor, Trevor made this, this amazing statement. Listen, listen to what Trevor said. He said, saying something out loud. He's written two books. He said, saying something out loud is ten times more powerful than just thinking it. This is why I'm big on speaking God's word over your life. He then quoted um, a study by Georgetown University professor Christine Perath, whose research indicates that negativity is a multiple four to seven times more powerful than positivity. Combine that with Trevor's research, and Trevor said, get this. When we say negative things out loud, like I just did, he said they're 40 to 70 times more likely to occur if we would just keep our mouth shut. In fact, his big message is stop saying negative stuff. He used a different word. I won't use that word. What do we do with all of this? There's this, there's this amazing passage. It's in the book of Ephesians 5.26 where Paul says Jesus loves us and he is making us holy. By the washing of the water of the word. He's making us holy by the washing of the water of the word. So, Chris, why do you start every day with the word of God? Why do you speak those declarations over your life? Because I want to show you what happens when we do. You ready? Ben, these containers are going to represent the washing of the water by the word of God. So when I start reading what the word of God says about us, I want you to begin pouring water into this vessel that represents our mind that's contaminated with all of those thoughts. You ready? few years ago I went through what the scripture says about us A to Z I've got scriptural references for every one of these because of Jesus I am here's what the Bible says accepted anointed always abounding in the work of the Lord alive in Christ approved by God adopted into his family an ambassador of Christ in the apple of his eye I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing blameless because of Jesus beloved by God bought with a price brought near by the precious blood born again the bride of Christ bold and brave I'm called chosen I'm cared for a citizen of heaven confident complete courageous a co-heir with Christ a new creation crowned with glory and honor I'm a child of God I'm more than a conqueror I'm delivered dependent dependable, dead to sin, a disciple of Jesus, a beloved daughter of God. I'm encouraged, effective, energetic, established, equipped to serve, elevated. I got to pause right here, Ben. Some people, some people at this point are wondering, you know what, Chris? I've tried this before. I've tried to begin my days with the word of God, and I've tried, I've tried to make declarations over my life, but I can't see any change. How many of you know it's a process? Do you give up? Do you quit? No, we yeah. just keep going, right? We realize this, F, I'm firm, fearless, flourishing, free, forgiven, faithful, a friend of God and part of God's forever family. Oh, I'm grounded, growing, gifted, gracious, generous, genuine, godly, good, and filled with gratitude. I am hidden with Christ in God, healed and healthy. I have a new heart. I'm holy, hopeful, honored, and I am his. I am I, important, inspired, inspiring, illuminated, included 
rooted in the family, incorruptible. Oh, and as you keep doing this day in and day out, something's going to start to happen. We just keep going back to the words. I am justified, joyful, joint heirs with Christ. I'm one of a kind. I'm a king. and a, Oh, I felt that fall off right then. I'm one of a kind. I'm a king and a priest. I'm part of the kingdom. I'm part of a kingdom that is unshakable. I'm the light of the world, loved unconditionally. I'm lifted to heavenly places. I am God's masterpiece, made for a purpose, being molded into his image. I'm mature. I'm meek, merciful, mighty, mark, never alone, not condemned, a new creation in Christ. Oh, believe me, you're going to have some stragglers. You're going to have some thoughts that just won't let go, that won't give up. They're called strongholds. But just like a stronghold is built by believing one lie at a time, strongholds get demolished by believing God's truth, one truth at a time. So we go on. Q, I'm qualified. R, I'm raised. Let's keep pouring it in there. I'm raised to new life, redeemed, rescued, reconciled, righteous, ready, resurrected, part of a royal family. And you know what, Holy Spirit, right now, I need you to take the word that you've placed in me, activate it, and just get rid of Yeah, just, just take care of those, Lord. And then I go on, I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm the salt of the earth, significant, special, sealed with the Spirit, strong, steadfast, a son, saved, saint, sanctified, filled with the Spirit, I'm transformed, tried and true, I'm kept from temptation, treasured by God, I'm the temple of God, talented, thankful, trusted, trustworthy, led in triumph, I'm you, unique, united with the Lord, unified with other believers, upbeat, uplifted, unfettered and free, I have his unfailing love, I am unbroken, undefiled, undivided, unshakable and unstoppable. V, I'm valuable, validated, virtuous, vibrant, vigilant, and victorious. W, washed in the blood, welcomed into the family, a witness for Jesus, whole and wholehearted, wise, the workmanship of God, worthy, wired for a purpose, well-founded and grounded in Christ. X, what is X? I am a xenolith. That means a rock within the rock. Or how about this? I am X that marks the spot where his strength meets my weakness. His grace meets my need. His love drives out all my fears. Why? I'm yielded to God and youthful in his presence. And Z, I am zealous for the Lord. We speak God's word over our life. And as we do, we'll change our mind and that will change our life. Give him a loud clap off in the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand. Let's stand. So, are you fighting a battle with your mind? Remember, the first step is surrender. I'm going to invite you to surrender to Christ today. Just to surrender your life. If you've never surrendered, pray this prayer with me. Faith family at Watts Bar, would you pray it aloud and together to give our friends that courage to say it? Just say this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He lived the life I couldn't live. He died the death I should have died. He rose again so that I could really live. I trust him today. I surrender my life to him. Thanking you that everything true of him is now true of me. Thank you. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, just receive that. Everything I just went through and more is true about you. Make sure you let somebody know that before you leave this morning. Pastor Ben, Pastor Denise. Amanda, Bobby, I could go through the list. 
Maybe you're here and you'll say, Chris, what I need to surrender to him is my anxiety and fear and worry. I'm a believer, but the fact is I'm very undisciplined with my mind. I don't think about what I think about, and I've been controlled by so many of these thoughts, and I'm ready to surrender them all to Jesus today. I want to surrender my anxiety, my fear, my worry, my upset. All of this, I'm ready to surrender it to God, and I'm asking Him to change me into a new person by changing the way I think, to let the revolution and the renewal begin today. If you're here and you'll say that, just lift up your hand. If you're here and you struggle with worry, anxiety, fear, depression, discouragement, anxiety, any, all of the above, any combination of any of these, just, just lift it up. Yeah. Oh, that's so many hands. You are so deeply loved by the Father. You need to know that. When you lift your hands and you're honest with the Lord like that, His heart just moves towards you with so much passion and fervor. So, Father, right now, I speak peace to every person troubled with anxiety. I speak love over every person struggling with fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. I speak wholeness over every person who feels fragmented and like they're falling apart. And Father, I speak strength to those who are discouraged and ready to give up. We step into that strength that you give. The joy of the Lord, I just felt that, is our strength. And right now I'm praying for an outpouring of joy upon your people in Jesus' name. that from him. 